Uh, we're concluding uh, this series on Peter, and it's um, been a real joy to, to talk about him because he, like all of us, is a flawed person. Some uh, highs and lows, we've talked about that. And uh, today we're going to conclude, though there's so much more we can say about this, this disciple, with uh, something that he says in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they, the religious leaders, were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. When they saw the man who had been cured standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. So they ordered them to leave the council while they discussed the matter with one another. They said, what will we do with them? For it is obvious to all who live in Jerusalem that a notable sign has been done through them. We cannot deny it. But to keep them from spreading further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name, meaning the name of Jesus. So they called them and ordered them not to speak or to teach at all the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in God's sight to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. And after threatening them again, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all of them praised God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing had been performed was more than 40 years old. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a saying that's popular in Christian culture, popular among the believers, particularly of our stripe, that is sometimes attributed to St. Francis. It goes like this, preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. Or I've heard it said, preach the gospel always and, and sometimes use words. Either way, that's something that we, in our tradition, we Methodists love because, well, we are doers, right? Example A is what you just heard about the bazaar and that what an amazing week it was that people were proclaiming the gospel by unloading trucks last week and by folding clothes and, and putting up uh, items and, and getting those dishes all sorted. I mean, we, we love that, right? We love to live out our faith, to show in practical ways, small ways, uh, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is real. That's who, who we are at our core as, as United Methodists. The, but the trouble is that's not all there is to proclaiming the gospel. And so many times that's all we do, isn't it? And don't get me wrong, I'm all for this. That's core who I am. In fact, my theme verse comes from Matthew chapter 5, where it says, let your light shine before others so they can see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I love it because the verse before that, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. I, I could preach on that, but we're not going there right now. Yeah, that is who we are. That we do our good works, but y'all, there has to be more to it than that. Wash dishes for Jesus, chop firewood for Jesus, uh, go out and help someone who's less fortunate than us for Jesus. We're all over that. But speak about Jesus? Hmm. That's a different story. And that's why I think as we conclude this series on Peter, it's so important for us to look at him and his life and how he became a bold proclaimer of the good news of Jesus Christ with his voice and 
Yes, with his life. We uh, left off last week, if you all can recall that, or some of you that weren't here. And thank you all that are tuning in online. I almost forgot to say hi to you, but thank you for uh, tuning in with us. We left off last week where they were on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus and, and the disciples. And you, you might recall that, you know, Peter had hopped out of the boat, put his clothes on, hopped out of the boat, swam to Jesus. They were welcomed back into fellowship with Jesus. Jesus gave Peter the, the charge to feed the sheep, care for the sheep, tend the sheep. And then, well, what happens next? Jesus sends them to the mountaintop. They all gathered there together. And in Luke's telling of it, Jesus, before he sends to heaven, says, y'all go back to Jerusalem and wait for the gift that I've promised you. Prayerfully wait for the gift that I've promised you. So they go back to the upper room. And Luke tells us there were probably 120 people in that big room gathered there together praying for the gift that Jesus promised. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit was coming down upon them. The Holy Spirit was going to come to them. And so the Holy Spirit did come. And when the Spirit came, the disciples just didn't stay in that upper room and sing Kumbaya. No, they went out into the streets. They went out proclaiming this Jesus. And who was the chief spokesperson? Peter. Peter was the one telling people about Jesus. Listen to what he said. He said, you all who put Jesus to death, hear this now, that he has been raised from the dead. And not only that, raised to the right hand of the Father where he will reign and glory until he comes again. And he's pouring out his spirit on all people. What happened? The Holy Spirit happened. And the Holy Spirit inspired Peter to become different. He went from being that denying disciple to the proclaimer of Jesus, the powerful proclaimer of Jesus. He was inspired. Holy Spirit came upon him. The word inspire comes from the Latin word inspire, which sounds kind of like inspire, right? And what it means is to breathe in or be infused with something that causes a change, causes you to be different. Now, many people will look at the lives and, and actions of other people and they will admire their life and admire their actions. I'm like, we'll admire someone that does something brave. We, we read about those, those uh, firemen who ran up the steps of the Twin Towers while everyone was running down and we are, admire them for their bravery, for their courage, and like our brave police officers today or our soldiers and sailors, airmen, Marines that go out and defend our country. We admire their bravery and their courage. And we respect people that speak out for justice and for the, the cause of other people, like John Lewis from that Troy, Alabama, who, you know, went out and endured beatings and persecution and because he wanted everyone to enjoy the blessings of civil rights. We, we respect people like that. And, and our hearts are warmed week after week, like the beauty that, from the beauty that we see from the musicians or when we see a gorgeous work of art like our dear friend Joe Miller who's now painting in heaven. We, you know, those things warm our hearts. But do they inspire us? For, you know, we can admire the courage of other people, but are we inspired to act courageously? We may respect those who speak out on behalf of others, but do we courageously speak out and act out on behalf of other people to make their lives better 
And our hearts may be warmed by the beautiful music that we hear each week, but do we then receive inspiration? Are we inspired to beautify the world with the gift of who we are? Because we all have gifts within us to make this world more beautiful, more special. You know, many people admire Jesus. Folks respect his teaching. They like what he said and what he did. But are they inspired by Jesus to be different, to live like Jesus, to speak like Jesus, to love like Jesus? In John's gospel, in the sixth chapter, Jesus had just fed the 5,000 and everyone is celebrating that. Hey, free meals, you know, we're all over that. But when Jesus begins to talk about what it means to be a follower of his, when he challenges their beliefs and challenges their way of living, well, we see people quickly leaving because they may admire Jesus. They may respect some of the things he said, but when the going gets hard, they're not inspired to live like Jesus. So maybe one of the things that we ought to do is pray for the Spirit to inspire us to speak differently. Now, believe it or not, I pray before I start preparing sermons. And some of y'all might say, sometimes he ain't praying hard enough. I, 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 I get that. I get that. But I do pray so that the words that I say here each week are inspired by what I believe I'm hearing from the Lord and from the Holy Spirit. But imagine if we prayed more regularly about what we say. The words that we often hear in a church before a sermon's preached come from Psalm 19.4 that goes like this. May the words of my mouth, you all know, the meditation of my heart be acceptable to thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. What happens if we prayed that prayer about all of our words? And before we spoke or as we start the day, may we pray, Lord, may my words be inspired by you. How less harsh would we be in our responses sometimes? Instead of speaking out anger, we speak with grace. How many people would we not drag through the mud with our gossip or spreading our rumors if we let our tongue and our hearts and our minds be inspired by the, the Holy Spirit? And how when we want to talk to somebody about a, an issue, something that we may have a disagreement with, those words would be seasoned with grace and love rather than a harsh bitterness and a tone in our voice. Wow. How different would it be if our language, our speech, was inspired? How much more would we speak about Jesus? That's what Peter did. He was inspired to speak boldly about Jesus, went from that denying disciple to a powerful proclaimer of Jesus. So on that first Pentecost, he became the the bold proclaimer of who Christ was. The first Christian sermon recorded is there in Acts 2. And you heard some of the words that I said. And after he was done preaching, 3,000 people came to know Jesus. 3,000 people. Fast forward a little bit. We're going to get to the scripture text. Uh, the setup for it is this. Some days after Pentecost and the church is established and they're there working together, loving together, serving together. John and Peter are going to the temple. And as they're going to the temple, as they enter into the gate, they see a beggar there asking for alms. This fellow's been crippled since birth. 
And so what a great place to ask for alms. He's there, you know, receiving uh, the benefit of people who are going there to worship. And Peter and John step in front of the fella. And Peter says, look at me. Now, if you're begging for alms and someone says, look at me, you're expecting not just some change. You're expecting some big cash now. They're pulling out the wallet and giving you some, not just a $1 bill, but maybe a 10, 20, who knows? Hey, this may be a fat cat. I'll give a $100 bill. Man, this guy is about to bless me richly. And then I love the words that Peter says, silver or gold have I not, but what I have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand, arise, and walk. And Peter extends his hand, and that guy said, wait a minute, there's no money here. But he grabs Peter's hand, and something miraculous happens. His ankles are strengthened, and he begins not only just to walk, but he begins to skip a little bit and he dances and sings and he begins to praise the Lord and everybody starts to get excited. It's like Peter put wings on a cat and he's flying around. Everybody starts to get excited and and to praise God and to sing uh, praises to the Lord for what God has done through Peter. And of course, Peter can't pass up an opportunity to preach. And so he begins to tell the people after this deed, you all are the ones that put the Messiah to death. But you did so in ignorance because this was the one through whom God promised Abraham that all the world would be blessed. All the world would be blessed. Now, the temple guards happen to see this and they say, hey, rabbis, um, these guys are causing a commotion. They come and quickly hustle Peter and John into the center of the council, but not before 5,000 people believed. And so the, the text I read to you is there, there before the council, and they realize that something great has happened. The, the religious leaders are realizing that. And so they say, all right, we understand that you did some hocus pocus or something like that. Something miraculous happened. But what we're going to tell you is this, that you can n- never say anything about Jesus. We understand you've done something great. We get that, but you cannot proclaim the name of Jesus. And they're amazed by Peter and John because they're ignorant fishermen. And here's how Peter and John respond. Well, we can listen to you or we can listen to God, but what we can't do is not proclaim the name of Jesus. We cannot proclaim the name of Jesus. It's in us. We're inspired, you see, for what we have seen and by what we have heard. We've got to proclaim the name of Jesus. Wow. They were excited, you see. They're inspired, you see. We started this series with the Vern and Ed show, not quite Peter and John, but you know, we try our best. And you might recall that at the beginning of the message, I described going to the Appalachian State Troy game last year. You might, might remember that. And remember the last second Hail Mary pass, wish that had happened last night for App. Of course, I wish a lot had happened for Auburn, but I won't go there. And anyways, I, I talked about the excitement because I got to call my sister in Troy, Alabama about the victory. Okay, I, I could not wait to tell her about that because I was all excited about that event. And I asked the question, are we that excited about Jesus? Are we excited about what we've seen and experienced in our life and our faith about this one who changes everything? 
And I have to confess that oftentimes that I'm not as excited about Jesus as I am about some sporting victories. I confess that, that sometimes I'm hesitant to talk about Jesus to others because, well, I want my good works to shine and that will be enough. I mean, I've talked about that. Or sometimes I don't want to seem too pushy on somebody else about, you know, sharing about Jesus. I may not want to offend them. Or we've seen people that have talked about Jesus and have been evangelistic about Jesus and, and sharing about Jesus. And we just say, those people seem so hypocritical. They seem too in your face. They seem like they're too judgmental. And, and we don't want to go there. But y'all, if good folks like us, United Methodists in this place, aren't sharing with our mouths about Jesus, we're letting others who are off-putting take over our role. So we grace-filled people off, off of called Methodists, of the United Methodist Stripes, need to share with our mouths about Jesus. So what I'm asking you to do is this. Think way back to that message where uh, Peter and John noticed uh, Vern and Ed, talked about who was your Andrew. Remember that? We said there's somebody in your life who, like Andrew, introducing Peter to Jesus, inspired you to become a follower of Jesus. Think about that person. And it was so touching after we said, go thank that Andrew in your life. And if that person isn't alive, then, you know, give a prayer of thanksgiving to God for that person. But several people came up to me later that week with moistened eyes and said, my adult child or someone that I taught in school came up to me and said, thank you for being my Andrew. Think about that person in your life. Who is that Andrew? Maybe it's someone in your childhood. Maybe someone that was a young adult leader. Maybe some adult who told you about Jesus. And then they inspired you follow Christ. Think about that person and let that person's witness be an inspiration to you. But secondly, as I said a moment ago, pray for the Holy Spirit to come. That's the prayer that Jesus promised us always would be answered in Luke 11. Pray for the Holy Spirit and that Spirit will come to inspire you. It may inspire you to develop a relationship with a person uh, that, you know, maybe outside the faith or hadn't been to church in a long time, or maybe somebody uh, who's going through a hard time. Greg Finke in his book, Joining Jesus on His Mission, says lots of times they'll be working with people in your neighborhood, someone that's nearby to you, and, and started doing ordinary things like talking across the fence or uh, sharing in some chores together, maybe inviting them over to, for dinner or going out to eat together and just seeing where the Spirit leads the conversation. It's amazing how many times God opens the door as you prayerfully have considered how you're going to interact with that person to share about Jesus and what Jesus means to you. I've seen this happen at my best in my own life. When we lived in Fairhope, we had some new neighbors move in next to us, uh, Rob and Becky, and took them cookies and started to talk a little bit. And when he heard that I was a pastor, he immediately said, I don't have much to do for church or for Christian faith or things like that. I said, all right, think about this. Whatever profession you, you were in or are in, someone's saying to you, like, for instance, you're a mechanic. I don't think too much of garages. 
Or if you're a doctor, you know, I am not going to show up at the doctor's office. I, you know, I don't trust those guys. All they're after is my money. You know, think about that. So, I mean, I could have taken some offense at that, but we didn't. We were good neighbors. We uh, helped each other out. We uh, talked to each other. They were good about retrieving our balls that we threw over our fence into their yard and was thrown for our dogs. And we had dinner together on, on several occasions. In fact, we even had a shutter hurricane shutter party uh, together. All, several of us on, along our block, if you've not lived along the coast and, and you, you know you have to put up your hurricane shutters when a hurricane comes, so we all did that together. It was a lot of fun. Well, the opportunity came as we prayed how we could uh, interact with Rob and Becky and talk about faith. Rob ended up in the hospital, and I came by to see him. And I said, Rob, can I pray for, with you? And he said, sure. And so... I got a chance to pray with Bob. And that's what may happen with you. You start talking, someone might share some brokenness in the life, and you say, hey, can, can I pray about that? Maybe right then, or at least lift it up in my quiet time. It's interesting how the Holy Spirit works. Well, anyways, uh, he began to talk a little bit uh, about church, and he heard about this wonderful ministry that Fairhope United Methodist Church had, and still has, called Ransom Cafe, where on, on every Friday, uh, Led by our mission coordinator, our volunteers would come and fix meals for the homeless in that resort community. Homeless people in a resort community, imagine that, like we have here. Anyways, and so they started getting involved with that and began to meet the wonderful people that worked there at Ransom Cafe. And they began to hear about Jesus, not only from me, but from those folks. And guess what happened? Well... They didn't join the church when I was there. But when Fairhope United Methodist finally got a good preacher, <laughs> I got a text message from Rob, a picture of them joining that church, reaffirming their faith in Jesus Christ. No, nothing special, just being a neighbor, asking the Holy Spirit to give us the right words to say performing the right acts that would be appealing to them for that's what our actions do in the text I just read to you yeah there's this wonderful action of healing somebody now I don't think many of us will have that opportunity who knows we might but our actions are there in the world to open up the way the door for our words to be able to speak boldly about why we do these things in the name of of Jesus Christ. So I ask you to pray for the Holy Spirit to come open up your eyes to someone who needs to hear from you, your story about Jesus. And that's the other thing I'll ask you before we close is, what's your faith story? What is your things that you have seen and heard about Jesus that would make you want to be excited and share about him? Your elevator speech, so to speak. And I'll just give you mine. I'm a Christ follower because when I let Jesus lead my life, I am the person that I know I want to be. More kind, more loving, more patient, and willing to sacrifice for a cause greater than myself. Jesus gives my life meaning, knowing that in some small way I am making a difference for something beyond myself. And I know 
that my belief is true, that I have a hope beyond this life, that one day I'll be embraced by a love beyond my comprehension and be with others whom I love, that love Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's, that's why, real quickly, I, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and I can share that. You notice, nothing theological there, no eschatology said, no questions being answered or asked, nothing trying to deal with the, the hard things that sometimes arise because of faith in our world. Just being able to share what Jesus means to me. If you don't have that testimony in your life, ask yourself, am I a follower of Jesus? And if you're not, let's talk so that we can help you have the experience that I've had. So, like Peter, let us speak about Jesus. Let us, let us proclaim the gospel. And sometimes words are going to be necessary. May the Spirit inspire you to have the words to speak of the love of Jesus. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I guess I better pray so you can get up on the stage. Okay, let's pray. Uh, we do pray, Lord, uh, for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to touch all of our hearts, all of our lives, to enable us to go from those who are hesitant to speak about our faith, to be people who, when the opportunities arise, will share about Jesus. I know sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's awkward, so Lord, help us find safe places where we can share our faith in our families, our Sunday school classes, our small groups. And as we grow more confident in our ability to share what Jesus means to us, uh, may we then find the opportunities to share Jesus to people who are broken and hurting and are trying to find their way. Now, Father, we pray that our church will always be doers of the word, showing love in practical and sim simple and kind ways, but also, Lord, may we also be proclaimers of the good news of Jesus Christ. All this we ask and through him. Amen.